When you talk to people about their care in rural and remote Queensland, there is one consistent in their feedback. They all have glowing praise for the clinicians living and working in their community. These projects aim to empower and build workforces in some of our smallest communities, helping provide equitable care with a whole lot of heart. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for bearing with me while I get my special IT set up here. Um, uh, warm welcome to everyone in the room and online joining us today. Um, it's great to be with you. Um, so. My introduction sort of said it all, but I'm Sinead Buffington and I'm from Health and Wellbeing Queensland. Um, and today I'm actually going to be taking you through a bit of an interactive session. So I hope you all have your phones handy or if you're online, um, your web browser. Um, because we heard this morning from Tani about the importance of looking after our wellbeing. Um, because if we don't look after ourselves, we can't continue to look after the community, which we all love to do. Um, but I think one of Tani's key messages as well was that we're actually not alone in this. We're all in this together. And I really wanted to build on that energy today um, to think about um, workplace health and wellbeing and what we can create together. Um, now, it is a bit of a, a challenge to do an interactive sort of workshop session in this sort of format, so bear with me. Um, I do encourage you to participate um, when we get to that portion. Um, but um, I'm going to start um, just quickly, if I get my slides going here. Um, I just wanted to start by um, acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land, echoing the sentiments that we've heard today. Um, and in particular, I'd like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara people uh, whose lands on which I'm joining you from today. I pay my respects to the elders past and present, for they are the holders of the memories, traditions, the culture and aspirations of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in Queensland. So thanks for being with me today. Um, as I mentioned, I'm from Workplace Health and Wellbeing Queensland. Um, and if you don't know, um, we're an independent prevention agency um, that's tasked with addressing chronic disease and health inequity. Um, and we really understand how critical the workplace environment is um, to our health and wellbeing. Um, and today I have the opportunity to um, talk to you a little bit about creating healthier workplaces, um, but also to facilitate a conversation around what we can all do to help create healthier workplaces. But I'd just like to acknowledge that I certainly don't stand up here with all the answers um, to that challenge, um, and we aren't going to solve it in 30 minutes, of course. Um, but I think that the power of collective thinking and some of the great presentations you'll hear today, the power of collaboration and innovation, um, what we can all bring um, to this really important um, issue um, and activate positive change in your own workplaces. Um, so as you'll see on the side, you can either use a QR code or just go to slido.com and into that participant um, code there. But if I could just switch over, please. Hopefully this will work. So I just wanted to start by getting to know each other a little better. Um, so I'd love to know where you're joining us from today. Where do you live, work and play?
Okay, as expected, a lot of us coming from the southeast corner here, but it's great to see that we've got some people joining us from across the state. Far north Queensland, great representation. Oh, Darling Downs. And I wanted to sort of ask this question to kind of gauge where we're all coming from today. Um, certainly there's been a regional um, and remote focus. Um, and of course there are different challenges in different parts of the state. Um, but I do think there's something that we can collectively learn together here today. So it's great to know where you're all coming from um, and welcome. Thank you for joining us. I've got one more sort of get to know you question. And I'd love for you to tell us your role title using just one emoji. Now, if this was me, I thought about this and I thought I'd probably use the light bulb emoji because I get to work on a lot of great uh, improvement innovation projects and I've always hear the best ideas. All right, I'm gonna guess we've got some paramedics here. I've got some, oh, we've got lots. There's lots that I wouldn't even know. A cowboy? <laughs> a farmer? Someone who earns lots of money from the look of it. Data, possibly. Admin. Dentist. Seeing babies. Midwifery, possibly. I like this, actually. It's the first time I've done this one, and I think it's quite fun. Excellent. Well, thank you for, um, for all of you for joining because it's re actually really great, I think, when you have a collective of different people and different backgrounds coming together on something um, that we can all contribute to um, as an issue. Um, so thank you all for joining us. Um, if I could just go back to the slides, please. So I just want to take a little bit of time to talk about um, the principles of health and well-being in the workplace for a couple of minutes. Um, so as we all know, our individual, beyond our individual biological and lifestyle factors, our health is really impacted by the environments, um, the social, economic and physical environments and factors um, actually all contribute to our overall health and well-being. And we spend, unfortunately, more than half of our lives at work. So actually, uh, one third of our waking hours are spent in the workplace. So really, it's no surprise that uh, where we work, the type of work we do, the type of work environment that we're in actually impacts our health and well-being. And I'm sure that there's many, many of you here today that actually understand for yourselves or you've seen it through others, the impact that uh, long work hours, overtime, um, and, and shift work can have on your health. Uh, so things like poor sleep and fatigue, but also more challenging issues around anxiety, depression, and exacerbated chronic health conditions. We also know that work-related stress, uh, high staff turnover, poor management support, and low job satisfaction are all associated with increased risk of workplace accidents and injury. So workplaces really are a critical environment, and we need to ensure that our workplaces are enabling us to stay healthy, well, and thriving. 
So what makes a healthy work environment? Um, from an academic perspective, the World Health Organization describes it as an environment categorised not only by an absence of harmful conditions that can cause injury and illness, but also an abundance of health-promoting conditions as well. And when we think about workplace well, health and wellbeing, I'm not sure about you, but I know a lot of people automatically go to sort of occupational health and safety. So fire training, uh, good lifting techniques, avoiding slips and trips. Um, and that is really important stuff, of course. Uh, but creating a healthy workplace is more than just occupational health and safety. It's a balance of good HR practices. It's investing in initiatives which su support and promote health and wellbeing for employees. Um, but it's also critically having the support of all tiers of an organisation. So starting with leaders all the way down to every single team member. And when we think about creating a healthy workplace, we need to consider a balance of organisational, environmental and staff-focused focus strategies. So organisational strategies are things like policies, programs, um, practices, which support... Um, positive and healthy workplace culture. So those are things like flexible and hybrid working arrangements, which we've really seen supported um, throughout the pandemic, but it's also other sort of strategies that give permission uh, for people to prioritise their health and wellbeing. So um, in meeting free time to give us space in the day, um, strategies which can support joy in the workplace. So I'm in an office environment and we've been privileged enough to have a dog-friendly workplace trial, but there's lots of other strategies. So even supported um, leave arrangements for volunteering and other mechanisms like that. Um, the environmental factor um, relates to things like facilities and infrastructure, which create opportunities and enable health-promoting behaviours. So those are really practical things like end-of-trip facilities, kitchen amenities, access to health and food, healthy food and drink options, um, and things that support active work, so stand-up desks, for example. And people-centred strategies really focus on the individual needs of employees, so improving access to services and information um, and improving knowledge and skills of staff in the areas of physical and mental well-being. But it isn't just education. Um, it can include lots of different initiatives. So things like, I know 10,000 Steps is something that a lot of HHSs participate in, but it can also be things like the Schwartz Rounds, which we've also seen supported um, through COVID as well. So the recipe for success is a balance and combination of all of these things. And it can be really difficult, um, and it also can feel like it's out of your hands and there's nothing you can really do to influence all of those things. But I think the key ingredient really is that workplace health and well-being initiatives need to be designed around the wants and needs of each individual workforce. And those strategies are going to look different across industries, sectors, um, and maybe even teams and wards within hospitals. But what is really essential is that the approach empowers staff to prioritise their health and well-being um, and meets their specific needs. And so that's what I want to do here today with you. Um, is to give you an opportunity to contribute to the conversation about what you would like to see or what you know works in your own workplace. 
So we're going to get back to the audience participation. Um, I'm going to use a sailboat analogy today um, to get you thinking about challenges and opportunities in creating health healthier workplaces. Um, and I think this is an exercise everyone can easily take back to their own context as well. Um, and I encourage you, if you have the opportunity as a leader, to perhaps undertake this with your teams. Um, but firstly, we start by thinking about um, the tropical island we're sailing towards. Um, that's our goal. Uh, unfortunately, it's not Hamilton Island today, um, but what we're thinking about today is creating healthy, safe and thriving workplaces. Um, and if you're applying this in your local context, you of course can be even more explicit. So it might be around creating a more active work environment or something like that. The second thing we're going to think about today is what are our tailwinds? So actually what is driving us towards our goal? What are our strengths that we can draw on? So I think it's really imp important to be able to sometimes take that strength-based approach and draw on what you know works. And finally, we're going to think a little bit about things that are making moving forward difficult. So what are our anchors? What are holding us back? And what are our rocks or barriers pre preventing us from moving forward? Okay, um, so could I just go back to the Slido, thank you. And if you could all just pop back online on your devices. What I'd like to ask you to do first is to think about um, the tailwinds in, in your organisation or in your team. So what do you know supports workplace health and wellbeing? I'd love if you could just send through a couple of words that you think describes your, the strengths about what works. It's great to see some of the themes coming through at the moment and I think what is speaking to me really loudly is the culture piece as well. So certainly great to have a lot of those practical strategies but I do think that culture really means a lot um, to people and feeling that support um, to be able to engage and participate. Flexibility is another one that's coming through, one that we've seen definitely, I think, um, come out of the conversations through the pandemic around supporting well-being, but also what does the future of our workforce look like? Um, but I think flexibility can mean a lot of things to different people, so actually unpacking that further can be really important. I like the one about pets, pets in the workplace. Pets online. There's a few coming through around time as well, and I think that's really important, but how do we find space to create opportunities for people in their work environment to engage and participate? Okay, thank you for, thank you for everyone for contributing. We're just gonna move on to the next question now, which is thinking a little bit around the rocks and anchors. So what barriers are there to improving workplace health and well-being? And that might be something that's specific to your local context um, or it could be something more um, broader in general.
It's interesting to see, I think, um, time and workload have been pretty consistent there. And I actually think if we think back to sort of the strengths when that flexibility was coming through, I think that's really important to counter those issues of time and workload. So how can we actually make it a bit easier um, and find the space um, to be able to participate? Um, because these are really practical issues um, that do make the success of any initiative really challenging. I'd like to call out as well, I think um, culture and leadership is coming through as well and the power of actually having really strong role modelling to create that sense of permission but also engagement um, and support for any initiatives. Um, certainly um, leading by example I think is really powerful. All right, thank you so much everyone for contributing um, to that exercise. Um, it's really interesting, I think, to see the um, variations in, in themes, um, but also I think the, the complexity um, of some of the issues that are coming up um, for everyone. And I think it's really important to highlight that it's, it's no one person's responsibility to fix all of these challenges, but it does require a structured and considered approach um, and certainly uh, leadership commitment um, and accountability to the change. I think that's really important to highlight. Um, but I do think what's really powerful about this exercise is actually seeing that there's a lot of shared experience in the room and online, of course, um, and I think there's also a shared commitment towards changing and improving as well. I think balancing some of those challenges with some of the strengths that people identified really demonstrate that together there's a shared commitment for wanting to do something different in this space. Um, so the next exercise that I want to get you all to participate in is harnessing this collective energy, our collective strengths of our brains, to think about how might we. So how might we create healthier and happier workplaces? How do we overcome these barriers that we've talked about here of time, opportunity, access? Um, I'm gonna just move on to the next question here. So I encourage you now to share any ideas you have, whether new or inspired, about creating a healthier, happier workplaces, whatever context um, you might be in. And those results should hopefully, oh, sorry, just still on the Slido. That's okay. Thank you. So any of these ideas, um, happy if you know something that works really well, please share that as well because I'll um, see if we can actually share the outcomes of um, these polling with everyone um, after today. And I guess just to prompt some people um, in terms of ideas, so it can be really practical things, you know, how can we support um, 
healthier workplaces in the sense of healthy options, healthy access um, for nutrition, physical activity. Um, but do you, but I'd like to encourage other ideas. So do you have opportunities to collaborate? Can you connect and share ideas around this um, with other people in your workplace? Um, do you have opportunities to connect even on a social level? Um, do you have opportunities um, to access things to support your health and well-being? Do you know where they are? Is there good awareness? And I see it's actually started to happen a bit organically, but um, now I'd encourage you, if you'd like to, um, you should be able to give a thumbs up to any of those ideas. So I'd encourage you to have a look through the list and anything that really stands out to you, something that you think is really important, um, really innovative, or something that you would really support or think that would work in your context, I'd love for you to upvote any of the ideas that are coming through. But please feel free to keep adding your ideas because, as I said, we will share these after the session. So just in the interest of time, um, I will move on from this, but I just wanted to say I think it's really powerful to see that the top two things that are being voted here is kindness and civility and transparency and trust. And I think those are two things that are really within all of our control to influence in our day-to-day -day job, but also really speaks to what we can do when we collectively look at creating a culture of well-being together and that really speaks to a, to a commitment that needs to be shared as I mentioned from all tiers of the organisation um, from the top right down to all the team members together. So thank you so much um, for sharing that. As I said, I'll try and share all the ideas that have come through so you have time to read through them. Um, but in the interest of time, I might just jump back to the presentation, please. Thank you. Um, so where to from here? Um, and I just wanted to reiterate what I said earlier that it's really not an individual's responsibility um, and it does require that consideration, commitment and accountability um, from leadership but also it is a collective of strategies as well. It's not one thing or the other. We need to have strong occupational health and safety processes in place. We need to have really strong um, HR and industrial relations, relations processes in place. Um, but also we need to have those novel health promotion, health and wellbeing initiatives which are tailored to the needs of all of our employees in the different contexts. And I think what you've demonstrated here today is that we all have valuable contributions to offer um, and it's really important that we're all part of that conversation because I think together um, that's how we can affect positive change. Um, so I'd like to leave today with, with four simple things that we can all do. Um, and the first being really prioritising your own health and well-being. And I think it goes without saying that um, you can't pour from an empty cup, but oftentimes we forget to look after ourselves. So finding the time to prioritise your own well-being, move, nourish, rest, and find that time to recharge so that you can come back and bring your whole self to your work um, and to your loved ones. 
secondly, I just encourage you to connect. Um, I'm fortunate at Health at Wellbeing to be able to see um, a quite a broad range of passionate people in Queensland that are doing work in this space. Um, so actually, if you have if you're interested, there are lots of opportunities to be part of um, working groups that are looking specifically at this, um, clinician-led, um, specific to different HHSs. So I'd encourage you to connect with your local HR representatives. Um, everyone has a health, safety and wellbeing rep in their HHS, um, and they will be able to connect you with the breadth of opportunities that there are. Um, thirdly, I'd like to encourage you to participate, and that sounds pretty obvious, but Sometimes it can feel really hard. We talked about workload, we talked about time, but trying to find the time to actively participate in what's on offer can actually, even if just opting in, can re-energise you um, and give you what you need by connecting with other people in those initiatives. And finally, I'd like to encourage you all to be a champion. Like I said, the power of role modelling, positive and healthy behaviours is really powerful. Um, so I'd like to leave you with that, with the opportunity to go back and be a champion for workplace health and wellbeing yourself. Okay, I'll leave it there. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.